You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and I want to kick off this episode by wishing you all a happy new year. 2020 has been a really strange year for so many reasons. Um, you know, uh, people have lost loved ones, people have lost work, people have struggled to get through what's been a really difficult time um, and a time like nothing we've experienced before. Um, there's been plenty of challenges, uh, but I'm, you know, I'm hopeful of a better 2021. So I want to start off by wishing you all a happy new year, wishing you plenty of success uh, in 2021, but above all, good health, because that, as we've come to realise, I think this year is the most important thing of them all. Um, so yeah, happy new year to every single one of you. And I also want to thank each and every one of you for joining on the show today. And for those of you who have joined throughout 2020, who have subscribed throughout 2020, who have become a part of the Chronicles of Aguna community over 2020, because the show has grown considerably, um, probably beyond what I thought it would ever grow to. So I'm massively thankful for that. And I'm looking forward to growing it further in 2021. So thank you to every single one of you who supported the show in any way, even if you just watched it once, even if you just listened to it once, you've left one comment, hit one like button. It is all very, very much appreciated. And thank you all so much uh, for your continued support. Without further ado, let's get into uh, the stories that we're going to be discussing on this edition of the podcast. Uh, just a quick bit of housekeeping before we do, though. Smash the like button on the video if you haven't already. And if you haven't subscribed to the channel, if you're new, make sure you do it. Hit that subscribe button, turn the notifications on. That way you will never miss a show. And as promised, there is plenty more content coming your way in the new year. I'm really, really excited. Going to put out a video uh, in the next sort of 48 hours explaining what those changes are going to be, explaining what you're going to be getting, explaining how the, the channel and the, the podcast is expanding further. Um, so really, really looking forward uh, to that. Let's say a few Happy New Year's actually to some of you in the comments. Happy New Year to you, Sakaya says, come on, you gunners, the overlord of procrastination. Happy New Year, mate. I hope you're feeling better. Feeling much better, mate. Thank you very much. Uh, Hambo Gumball says, up the Arsenal. Uh, big hello to Omar, one of our regulars. How you doing, mate? Julian says, Happy New Year from Western Australia. Uh, Joe says, Happy New Year. Glad to hear you're feeling better, sir. Thank you so much, mate. Happy New Year to you, Dean. And thank you, Julian, for your kind words regarding the content. Right, let's uh, kick off by discussing the news that Rob Holding is close to agreeing a new long-term contract with the Arsenal. That is according to the Telegraph. Uh, Rob Holding came close to leaving the Emirates on loan in the summer. Of course, you'll probably remember uh, that Newcastle United were said to be very, very interested in taking the defender up there. Um, but a late change of hearts um, from the Arsenal sort of hierarchy as it seemingly um, you know, really, really helped. He's been uh, a regular this season. He's not played every single game, but obviously um, he has played a fair amount. And um, 
he's seen by Mikel Arteta as somebody that he can trust at the moment. And, you know, Rob Holding came back from an ACL injury, um, which, you know, you did wonder whether he was ever going to recover fully from. To be fair to, to Rob Holding, I think in the last couple of months, he's really shown um, that he's getting back to the Rob Holding that we were all pretty excited about when he first joined the club. Now, do I think that Rob Holding is a world-class centre-back? Do I think he's a co- fully complete centre-back? No, I don't. Um, I've got to be honest. And as much as I've been delighted by his attitude and his application at times and, and, and all of that stuff, I still think there is a lot of room for improvement with Rob Holding. And so I can understand why in the eyes of some fans, there's a little bit of scepticism around this. There's a little bit of scepticism about the idea of, of handing um, handing Rob Holding a long-term contract. Now, you know, there have been some games where you've watched Rob Holding in an Arsenal shirt and you've thought this guy is immense. You know, there, there's songs being sung about him being the new Fabio Cannavaro. I don't think that'll ever be the case with Rob Holding. You'll never be on that level. I think we can safely say that. But he is somebody that a lot of Arsenal fans have warmed to. But again, he, as I've said already, he is somebody with shortcomings. He is somebody with limitations as a footballer. And I just think that you have to kind of just accept where we are. Um, with that. And at this moment in time, when you look at the fact that, you know, David Lewis's contract expires at the end of the season, Socrates's contract expires, looks like he may even be off in January. Um, Mustafi's contract expires. Callum Chambers obviously has come back from a long-term injury, hasn't yet proven, hasn't really had the chance, but hasn't yet proven that he's ready. Um, I think you can understand why uh, Mikel is looking at Rob Holding and sees him as someone who, even if he's not going to be his number one starting centre-back when everybody's fit, you can understand why Mikel sees him as somebody who can come into the side when called upon and do a solid job. So I don't think it's the worst idea in the world. Um, you know, his current deal runs until 2023, um, but... It's all about getting him a pay rise, from what I understand, from what I'm reading, from what the reports are saying. Um, if you're to believe the reports, some of them are saying that actually Rob Holding earns less than Alex Renarsson, um, who came into the club during the summer as a backup goalkeeper. So if that is the case, if he is on less money than Renarsson, you can understand why he'll be looking uh, for some sort of pay rise, some sort of upgrade in terms of his contract. And I don't think that... If you, you know, like I said, if you take into consideration that Runarsen is said to be earning more than Rob Holding, I don't think he's out of line or, or being unreasonable to want that. So, you know, it seems like Rob Holding is going to sign a new deal. It seems like it's going to be an improved deal. The, the term of his current deal is not really an issue. Still got a couple of years left after this season. So it is very much about uh, tying Rob Holding down for the longer term future and offering him the kind of terms um, that are competitive with some of the other clubs that may be looking at him. Still just 25 years old, Rob Holding. Still got plenty of time ahead of him. Just double check, just confirm that June 2023, his current deal expires. So it does feel like very much uh, this is a deal that would be done with the purpose of improving the terms for Rob Holding and getting him a bit of a better contract. Uh, let's see what you guys are saying in the live chat. Uh, Norwegian Guna, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, mate, as well. And uh, to Joe Robotham, who's joining us from Devon. Thank you so much, mate. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, Flow Show says, new contract. Yes, Gabriel Marie Saliba and Holding is a solid defensive options. Um, lots more um, 
happy new year comments i gotta get through them. thank you so much guys really really appreciate it big hello to aditya big hello to harnor singh who says happy new year harry appreciation from india uh true kuna says happy new year harold thank you very much uh let's see what else you guys are saying um da -da -da. uh joe makes a great point about him being a homegrown player um Hamez is of a slightly different opinion. He says, let's give Holding a new contract and let Saliba F off. Absolutely Arsenal, isn't it? <laughs> True Guna says, Holding is a good guy, right attitude and influence. Him and Tierney are what this team needs. Good, honest grafters. Omar disagrees that this is a good idea. He says, Holding new deal. He's not, and, and then an expletive, he's not keen uh, on the idea. Matt, big hello to Matt, says, I think giving him a new contract is a good idea. Fans would complain if we let him run down his contract and leave for free. We are protecting our investment. Uh, let's see what else you guys are saying on Rob Holding before we move on. Joe says, no issue with Holding getting a long-term deal. I don't think his demands would be high, to be honest, but we can still get a better centre-back. Yeah, I think we can all agree that Arsenal could get a better centre-back than Rob Holding. That Rob Holding is not the pinnacle of Premier League centre-backs, nor will he probably ever be. Um, but attitude-wise... Um, commitment wise, I think that Rob Holding displays all the right things and all the right values. And for that reason, um, you, I don't think personally you could be dead against Rob Holding getting a new contract. As long as it isn't the type of contract that hinders us in doing any future business, any other business or or anything like that, then I don't see it as being a massive issue. And I think given the amount of time he's played uh, so far this season and given the fact that he is very much seen by Mikel as somebody who can step in and be trusted. I, I, I'm not against this. Uh, let's see what else we've got here. Um, <laughs> True Guna, in response to my uh, Renarsson uh, comment, he says, what? Renarsson is getting paid. <laughs> uh, Vlodko Star says, Happy New Year. Holding will be better this season. I think he will as well. I think he's already shown uh, that he is uh, he is improving. Um Let's see what else you guys are saying. We'll pick out a few more Rob Holding related comments. If you've got any questions that are not Rob Holding related, please hold on to those because they do disappear in the live chat. And I will do a section in this program where I'll come to those and I will go through those. So please hold fire on the non holding questions just so that I can get through the holding bits and then I can come to your questions and not miss any out because I hate missing them out. Uh, but as I said, they do, uh, they do disappear. Uh, lots more happy new years. Happy new year to you, John, to, to a Skywalker. Thank you so much. Um, thank you to you all. Um, Emmanuel says holding is a decent player, but not enough pace for a modern day centre back for me. I think when I, when I discussed Rob Holding's limitations, when I mentioned limitations, that is certainly one of them for me. It is an area um, in which he lacks a little bit, but there's not a great deal you can do about that. You know, you've either got it or you haven't. Um, Captain Caramello says Holding should stay. We should want him to stay for the squad. Yeah, I, I think so as well. Uh, John Knott says Happy New Year, Harry. Good idea to extend his deal. He's protecting his resale value as well. Um, Osman Ali says, to be honest, I believe if it wasn't for injuries, Holding could have reached John Terry levels. Currently, he's OK, but a bit reckless in possession at times. He's a good rotational player. Nothing more at the moment. That's a massive claim uh, to say that he'll reach John Terry uh, levels. But, you know, I certainly think that the injury uh, that Rob Holding suffered, the ACL injury set him back. I think we can all agree on that. Um, and I think that 
you know, he probably would have been further down the development line had he stayed fit. John Terry levels, not sure about that, but, you know, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Um, that's for sure. Uh, Christian Hoover says, I've always liked holding squad player, just not starting 11. I think I agree with that. That is where I'm at with Rob Holding. If you need him, if you call upon him, he'll do you a solid job. If you need him for a run of games, he'll do you a solid job. But when you look at the bigger picture, is he somebody that you want to see starting week in, week out for a club like Arsenal Football Club? For me, not quite. Uh, Ruthless Gunnar says, I rate Holding. He was our best centre-back before he got injured, he'll improve. Um, so that's the uh, that's the Rob Holding chat. Continue to let us know your thoughts in the comments. If you're watching this back later on on the replay, feel free to drop your thoughts in the comments too. If you're listening via the audio as well, uh, get involved. Leave us a review, five-star one, of course. Um, get involved with that and uh, leave us your comments in the review section. We're always open to your comments. Thank you. Um, right, let's uh, discuss some of the January exits that we think could be on the cards. Now, we've already seen Sead Kalasinac move out on loan to rejoin Schalke, uh, you know, the club that he joined us from uh, in the Bundesliga. Um, I've got a little bit of sympathy for, for, for Sead Kalasinac. I saw a lot of Arsenal fans on social media almost celebrating um, his departure. And I just feel like it's just, it was just so unnecessary, so unneeded and so typical of this fan base at the moment and I know it's not everybody but there are a lot of Arsenal fans who do carry around this toxicity who do look to um, dig players out at every opportunity let me tell you one thing Ser Kolasinac for me was the least of Arsenal's problems over the last few years under Unai Emery he was massively important to the side and a lot of you uh, you know thought that Unai Emery had a decent first season at the Emirates Stadium well Ser Kolasinac was a key component in that. He was getting forward. He was providing assists left, right and centre. He was so, so key to the way Unai Emery's team wanted to attack. Does he have limitations like Rob Holding? Yes, he does. Serge Kolasinac is not a brilliant defender, but Serge Kolasinac at left back is a decent left back, a decent option. Under Mikel Arteta, what's happened is that the change of system, the change of uh, formation has led to Serge Kolasinac a lot of the time of late playing as a left centre-back, which just doesn't work. And you've got to acknowledge that. And I'm not saying that Serge Kolasinac is a world-class left-back and that he doesn't deserve any of the criticism that he got during his time at the Emirates. But to pick on him the way some fans did, I just think is so OTT, so unnecessary. And it's a classic case of the Arsenal fans requiring a scapegoat. Um, you know that that's just the way it is you know everybody wants to have a scapegoat everybody wants to pick on somebody and 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 that's just the way it is and 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 I feel like Ser Kolasinac was probably a victim of that and I've got a lot of sympathy for him so I do wish him all the best at Schalke um Schalke are a massive massive football club but they're in desperate uh desperate needs at the moment you know they're they're languishing at the bottom of the Bundesliga table and uh, fingers crossed Ser Kolasinac can help them um in terms of getting them out of, of that situation and pushing them back up the Bundesliga table. I don't like to see big clubs go down and they certainly are one. Uh, big hello to Kevin Campbell, former Arsenal man. Super Kev, how you doing, mate? He says, Happy New Year, Harry, and all the fans. Um, thank you for joining us once again, Kev. Uh, really, really appreciate it. Uh, going back to the, the Kolasinac comments, uh, Robert Adams says, we need a bus to get rid of all the deadwood, Harry. I agree that these players are not good enough for the long term. 
But, you know, we, we all acknowledge that. But, you know, the guy's left the club. He's gone on loan to Schalke. What is so wrong with saying, you know, wish you all the best, Sad. Get on with it. You know, it didn't work out for you necessarily at Arsenal. Wish you all the best. Good luck in your career. There doesn't need to be the abuse. There doesn't need to be the jubilation at getting some of these players out. And if there is going to be jubilation and celebrations about getting certain Arsenal players out the door over the course of the next 12 months or so, there are many more higher up my list than, say, a Kolasinac. And that's kind of my point. Uh, John says he's not the best player to wear the jersey, but far from the worst. I completely agree with that. Uh, Matt says, I thank Kola for keeping Mesut Ozil alive. I mean, that was incredible bravery. Um, incredible bravery uh, from from Ser Kolasinac to do what he did in that situation. And, you know, that probably unsettled him a little bit as well. That would have unsettled his his, his home life in London and probably didn't um, have a, a positive effect necessarily on him. I, I feel, you know, Serhat doesn't strike me as the type to be intimidated, as you could see from that video uh, where he did get out of the car and, and take on the, the robbers. But yeah, I mean, you know, there's been a lot of factors, hasn't there? Um, Aditya says, Sayer Kolasinac is a really good player going forward, but very suspect in defence. Plus, he was very jittery in passing out from the back. I don't disagree with that. I think that, um, I think that, you know, he wasn't great. But as I keep saying, and I'll keep going back to it, there were far worse in that Arsenal side um, than, than Sayer Kolasinac. And, and, and the worry is now, you know, if, if Kieran Tierney gets injured, you're looking at Bukayo Saka. Um, playing look at the end of the day we've checked we've changed back to the back four now and so you need a proper left back you can't get away with a, a makeshift left back you can't get away with someone who's going to get away as with playing as a wing back and actually not do as much defensive work we're playing with a back four now so our left back whoever that may be in the event that Kieran Tierney is unavailable needs to be able to defend needs to be able to play that position needs to be able to play that role I feel like Sarah Kolasinac could do that not sure that Bukayo Saka could do that. Anyway, I want him playing further forward. But Ainsley Maitland-Niles, is he, is he good enough to play at left back rather than left wing back? That's another debate as well. Um, so have we left ourselves a little bit short? Possibly, possibly. Uh, let's see what else you guys are saying. Um, John says, wasn't he in the Bundesliga team of the season the year he joined us? He absolutely was. Um, as I said, keep your questions. Hold them back for a few more minutes and we'll get to those. And I'll ask you to chuck those in the live chat. And that way I won't miss any of them because they'll be in order because um, the chat box is a little bit all over the place at the moment. Um, Ruthless Guna says, Arsenal's greatest security guard. <laughs> uh, Joe Musashi says, it's today's social media climate. You have to pick a side nowadays. It's why I stay away from Twitter. You're absolutely right. There is this need to, you know, to be one extreme or the other, which is really, really frustrating. Um, there is no middle ground, not not just in football, not, not in anything anymore. You know, it was Brexit. Are you hard Brexit? Are you not? Uh, you know, coronavirus, do you, are you... Four lockdowns, are you against lockdowns? There's no moderates anymore. Everybody's literally gone one way or the other. It feels a little bit crazy. Uh, big hello to Zissi, who says, Happy New Year to all here. Wishing you good health, prosperity and happiness. Uh, and to you, my friend. Um, let's touch on a couple more subjects and then we'll take your questions in the live chat. Uh, so hold fire for me. Um, let's discuss... Uh, the the Mesut Ozil stuff. Uh, Mikel Arteta has been quoted as saying that it's basically up to Mesut Ozil 
whether or not he leaves Arsenal Football Club uh, in the January transfer window. He's got a contract, but there are you know reports suggesting that Mesut Ozil, along with Socrates, um, could be off uh, between now and the end of the January transfer window. It'd be interesting to see uh, what happens there, what develops. You know, if the right offers on the table for someone like Mesut, then you know, by all means, if he's not going to play, get him out. Um, and he should want to play as well. It just uh, every time I talk about Mesut Ozil and the situation that we find ourselves in with this incredibly talented footballer, I get frustrated, and I get, I, I guess I'm disappointed. I guess I'm frustrated. I guess I'm sad about it all because it feels very much like, you know, it's a shame. It's just a shame that we've got such a talented individual at our football club. And for whatever reason, and I'm not going to go into it again today, but for whatever reason, there is no relationship anymore that has completely broken down. And now we're in a position where we're wondering whether he's actually just going to walk walk out uh, in January, whether a deal is going to be done, whether Arsenal are going to come to some sort of compromise with him or whether uh, he is just going to ride it out until the end of his contract. The other thing uh, to touch on, regarding Mesut Ozil was was Liam Brady having a go at him um, in, in you know the last couple of days and I know I'm probably going to get a bit of stick for this uh, because obviously Liam Brady is is very much regarded as an Arsenal legend not just as a player but played a key role behind the scenes for years after that as well and I've got immense respect for Liam Brady I hear because I wasn't around but I hear he was a player way beyond his generation in terms of his ability in terms of his tactics uh, you know, his football brain and in terms of what he brought to the table. And from many older Arsenal fans for whom I've got great respect, I hear wonderful things about Liam Brady. But I don't like to see former players who now have nothing to do with the club digging out current players, whether they're right or wrong. I just don't like to see it. I don't think it's helpful. It just creates friction and and, and between, you know, the club and our current you know, between the club's current players and our legends, it just causes uncertainty. It causes unwanted headlines, unwanted press. And this is not me digging out Liam Brady in particular, because I'd say the same if it was Thierry Henry, if it was Patrick Vieira. Um, you know, I said the same when it was uh, when Tony Adams was having a go at the team constantly. I, I don't like to see it and I don't think it's helpful. And it feels very much like a move from some of these people who have maybe fallen by the wayside a little bit to get themselves back in the media spotlight, get themselves um, back in kind of the, the media picture. And I just, uh, I, 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 I don't like it. I'm not saying that, um, you know, that Liam Brady's wrong. I'm not even saying that. And I'm, and I don't really have an issue with even player, former players criticising in a respectful way. I think you can criticise someone and, and say that they're not good enough and say that they're not doing what they need to do. But you can do it in a way whereby it's not disrespectful and it's not causing such a massive friction. And I, I, I don't know. I, I just I find it uneasy. There's nothing I hate more than picking up my phone to read the headlines and seeing that an Arsenal legend has gone in hard on a current Arsenal player. I just, I, I don't know. It's, it doesn't sit right with me. Um, Kevin Campbell says, shame the devil, tell the truth, Harry. Um, yeah, I just, I, I just, I don't know. I find it uneasy. I, I, I really do. And and 
I don't know. That's just my opinion. But let me know your thoughts in the live chat. As always, always interested to hear what you guys have to say on the matter. How do you feel when you see uh, Arsenal legends coming out and criticising current crop of players? Um, And I'm not talking about just saying he didn't play very well or anything like that. Talking about um, really sticking the boot in on some of these players. How do you feel when you see that? How do you feel when you read that? Um, Let me know in the live chat. Right. We've come to that point in the show where... Um, I want you guys to fill up the chat box with your questions and we'll come to as many of those as we possibly can between now and the end of the stream. Just one final little point I want to make and one final little rant I want to have actually um, before we we answer those questions. So I'll give you a couple of minutes as well to fill up the chat box with those questions. Uh, But I wanted to discuss um, Gary Neville and I know this feels a little bit non-Arsenal related, but I'm going to link it back to Arsenal. And there's a reason why Gary Neville, who I normally have immense respect for um, as a pundit, has got on my nerves um, in the last sort of 24 hours. If you cast your mind back uh, to the the penalty that that Kieran Tierney won, um, you know, a, a a few games ago now, where he got in front of the defender, there was a little bit of contact. It was a little bit soft, but Kieran Tierney went down. Kieran Tierney won Arsenal penalty. Um, it was in the game against Chelsea. And I was, you know, delighted to see that and, and delighted that we got the penalty, obviously. But if you remember back, if you cast your mind back, you'll remember Gary Neville literally going in on Kieran Tierney, really digging him out, saying, you know, he's played for that. It's He's won the penalty. He even went on to dig out Robert Pires, who hasn't played football in the Premier League for donkey's years, um, to, to start pointing the finger at him. And he even said that he made a career out of it. And he really, really went in on Kieran Tierney. Only to, a few days later, watch Paul Pogba do the exact same thing. In fact, Paul Pogba's was worse because Paul Pogba, you know, clipped um, the player's leg himself to bring himself down. You know, Paul Pogba does it, but then in Gary Neville's eyes, it's great play, it's clever, it's part and parcel of the game. The hypocrisy is ridiculous. And it's the kind of biased and hypocritical crap that Sky have subjected us to since it began, since the Premier League became a regular fixture on Sky Sports since 1995, 1996. For as long as I can remember, there's always been a bias towards Man United. There's always been an inconsistency um, when discussing Man United and other clubs. And, and, And I can't believe that in 2021 now, we're still seeing that. We're still seeing that bias. We're still seeing that inconsistency. And we've still got Manchester United legends commentating on Manchester United games. Why? What's the need? What's the need? What, you know, put, if you're going to put a Man U guy there, put a Villa commentator as well. But they won't do it. They won't do it because, you know, that that, that sky bias towards Man United, it just drives me absolutely mad. I hate it. I'm fed up with it. Um, you know, it, it, it's and Ray Anderson says, Harry, you can't stress yourself about what former players have to say. It's not necessarily stressing myself. I just, at the very least, somebody like Gary Neville, who actually... As a pundit, over the years, I've developed a really good respect for, a really strong respect for. I just feel like, why can't he just be consistent? Like That's the very least you ask from a pundit, I think. A bit of consistency, and we're not getting that. And it frustrates me. It, it really does frustrate me. Right. Uh, but that's enough about Gary Neville. That's enough about, uh, that's enough about Arsenal. Uh, sorry, about Man United. Let's, uh, let's move on to some of... 
uh, your questions and your comments in the live chat box. Keep them coming. Uh, what else have we got here? Um, Matt says, if a £30 million offer comes in for Saliba this month, do you sell? Based on the current situation, I think you've got to say yes. I think you've got to say yes. I mean, for me, William Saliba is clearly somebody who's who's shown glimpses of talent in the past, but he's not getting a look in at Arsenal at the moment. You know, and it does feel like a bit of a waste of money when you consider that we brought this kid in with obviously high hopes or he was brought in by the previous regime with high hopes and now he doesn't even get a game. Now he doesn't even play. So for that reason, if you could get £30 million for him, then I think you probably do sell him. Unless you think that in the the longer term, he's going to develop into that player that you want him to be and he is part of the plans. At the moment, though, he's not. Um, and so a £30 million offer, I think, would be too tempting. And, and given Arsenal's current financial predicament, given that we're, we're desperate to strengthen in other areas, if £30 million was thrown across the table, I think I'd, I'd take that. I think I would. Um, but let me know again. Let me know you guys' thoughts in the chat. Don't forget as well, while you're with us, uh, I can see there are over 100 of you watching us on YouTube alone at the moment live, uh, which is fantastic. And I can see there are plenty more of you watching across Twitter, Twitch and all the other platforms. If you haven't already, be sure to hit that like button and subscribe to the channel if you are new. It is uh, very, very important and really helps the channel grow. So thank you so much in advance for that. Alfred J says, is Isco an improvement on Ozil? Not sure about that. It's a really good question. It's a really tough question. I think that a, a fit and firing mess at Ozil is better than Isco. I think his ceiling is higher than Isco's. I just, I like Isco. I really do. I just feel like the relationship between Arsenal and Mesa Ozil has become so damaged that even if Mikel was to have a complete change of heart and, and say, I'm going to pick Ozil, um, now and and I'm going to bring him back into the team, back into the picture. I don't know if he would perform because so much has happened. There's so much water under the bridge that I don't know that you can go back. Um, is Isco an improvement on Ozil? Not in my opinion. Uh, a peak Ozil trumps a peak Isco in my opinion, but um, Isco is an improvement on on most of the other options that we have. And so for that reason, I'd like to see him brought in if it's doable, if it's not going to kill us uh, financially. And if and if Mikel thinks it's the right thing to, to try and boost our creative options. Aditya says, this is emotional, but bring back Jack Wilshire for a pay-as-you-play deal for the next six months. I, I, I can't get behind this, mate. I, I just really can't. I mean, Jack Wilshire's just been so, you know, injury prone throughout his career and he will argue that he was fit at the back end of his West Ham days but he obviously didn't show David Moyes enough um, to get himself into the side and that worries me quite a bit and I know that not it's not always the case and I know that a lot of players and certain managers just don't rub off together and, and that chemistry isn't there and therefore you know you can understand why why he may have been overlooked but I just I can't get on board with the idea of bringing Jack Wilshire back to the Arsenal on a pay-as-you-play I, I I love Jack Wilshire and I wish him all the best and I hope he finds a club soon and all of that. But I just, I just can't see it. I really can't. Uh, Robin says, Harry, do you know anything about the midfielder Jean Jordan from Sevilla? We have been linked with. Uh, not really. Um, no, he's a really combative, robust midfielder. Um, somebody that Julian Lopetegui likes a lot at Seville. Um, very, very useful player. I think they signed him from, I want to say, Getafe. Was it Getafe? 
uh, let me just double check that. I know it was from one of the, or was it Ibar? It was one of the sort of lower ranked uh, Spanish clubs. That's where they picked him up from. Um, he is 26 years old, Joran Jordan. Ibar, it was Ibar. Um, but I, I, I don't know enough about him to say whether he'd be a good fit for Arsenal, whether he's the kind of player we need. My hunch and my kind of initial feeling would be no, that he's not the type of player that we need. He doesn't strike me as a creative influence, which I think when you look at our midfield, we've got Xhaka, we've got Partey, we've got Elneny. Um, Maitland-Niles can play in there. I think Ceballos is quite a, a bit more combative than people give him credit for as well. So I think that Arsenal have those type of midfielders. I, I just think that creativity is the issue now and, and he's not that in my opinion. But I would bring, um, if if the rumours gather pace, as I've said time and time again, when rumours do pick up pace, when stories do seem a little bit more f- uh, progressed and further down the line, we will be bringing on experts throughout this transfer window to get their takes on the aforementioned players. Uh, let's see what else we've got. Um, uh, Sulak, on the subject of Nicolas Pepe, says, what is going to happen to Pepe? We can't sell him and he's not going to display Saka or Martinelli. Should he be considered as a number 10? There have been a lot of calls for this uh, over the last few months. The calls to see Nicolas Pepe deployed in behind the striker. It might be worth giving it a go at some point, um, particularly if we can't get in the number 10, um, you know, in the in the January transfer window. We know that when, when Pepe plays on the right, his instinct is always to cut inside, isn't it? Always onto that left foot. And perhaps that would be, um, you know, that perhaps that would be a, a good option. Um, I, I've got a bit of sympathy for Nicolas Pepe at the moment because I feel like he's just not happy and he's just not enjoying his time at the Emirates Stadium and in London and, and, and under Mikel Arteta. And that is a concern. It's a worry because we've invested so, so heavily in this player. And what that in level of investment does is it increases the pressure on him week in, week out. And that increases the pressure from the fans, from the club, and I don't think he's coping with that pressure very well at the moment. Having said that, I don't think he's been as bad as some people would have you believe. I think the whole team have underperformed for the majority of this season. And I think it's harsh to solely point out Nicolas Pepe as one of the reasons for that uh, underperformance. And uh, yeah, I'm still hopeful that we will see more from Nicolas Pepe Um you know, in in the coming months. Uh, Sulak also says, hit the like, guys. Yes, please do. Uh, please do if you haven't already. Uh, let's see what else um, people are saying. Christian Hoover says, by the way, I've noticed the Buendia talk blowing up since our discussion on him. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about Buendia. There's been a lot of discussion about Arsenal agreeing personal terms with him, sort of reports of of the fee that Norwich would be happy to accept, which we understand is around about um, uh, fifteen million pounds. I, look, I uh, if if Buendia comes, if Arsenal sign Emmy Buendia, I hope that it works out, and I hope that he will come here and be, um, you know, a, a real positive, a real bonus to the side, and a real improvement on what we currently have. I just. I'm a little bit wary of, of Buendia because he's only played one season in the Premier League, one season at top level. Um, you know, I, I I thought he was decent for Norwich the year they went down, but I didn't think he was outstanding. I thought there were better players in that Norwich side than him. And that kind of says it all for me. Um, I don't know. It, if, if we're going to stunt Emil Smith-Rowe's progress by bringing in Buendia, I'm not for that. But if you're going to go and bring someone 
with a higher ceiling than Buendia, somebody who's more proven than Buendia. And as such, you're going to, you're going to hinder Emil Smith Rowe a bit. Um, then I'm okay with that. But I just, uh, Buendia, Emil Smith Rowe, is there a massive difference between the two? Yes, in terms of experience, in terms of having played in first teams, um, whether it be in the championship or not. But in terms of overall, is it, is it worth holding Emil Smith-Rowe back for Buendia? I, I can't get behind that right now. I just can't. Uh, big hello to Tizel. Happy New Year, mate. He says, I think it's good that we have other players that are performing on the wings. Hopefully, we'll get Pepe up to his game. Going back to Pepe, I see quality in him, but he needs to just up his work rate with and without the ball. Yeah, good points. Uh, good point. So, uh, people still remaining hopeful that there is a player in Nicolas Pepe, that we can get something more out of the Ivorian. Um, having invested such a huge amount of money in him um, w- when we did it. It has been a problem. Um, it, it's added a pressure to him. People will say that the, the transfer fee is is irrelevant. It's not irrelevant, is it? Because it really does uh, increase the pressure tenfold on the player. Um, so, yeah, fingers crossed he can um, he can start to deliver and, and we can get off his back a little bit as a fan base. Right, that brings me uh, towards the end of this programme. Of course, at the time of recording, Arsenal are travelling to West Bromwich Albion this evening. And um, I'm going to give you a quick prediction on that one. not going to go into it in too much detail because I, uh, I reckon that by the time most of you get to tune into this, the game will be done and dusted. So um, I, I think it's going to be a tricky game. I think West Brom are going to be very defensively organised. They're going to want to put right the fact that they got absolutely spanked by Leeds United at the Hawthorns uh, just a few days ago. Um, that would have been a real reality check for Big Sam coming into that off the back of a draw at Anfield where he thought he was he, he, he was a genius again and he thought his, um, he, he'd nailed it already. Um, but there is, um, you know, there is reason for optimism, I think, as an Arsenal fan going into this. Two wins on the bounce. Um, you know, we were very good in the second half against Brighton. I thought we were very good against Chelsea throughout. Um, I think that there is um, there is a good chance that Arsenal go to the Hawthorns and get all three points. Do I think it'll be easy? No. Um, if you'd asked me at the start of this run of games, and I'm talking about Chelsea, Brighton, West Brom, what I wanted, I wanted seven points. We've got six already. So if we get that seventh point, Obviously, I'll be disappointed because looking at where West Brom are in the table and some of their results this season, you feel like we should beat them. But um, I'm not going to go into meltdown. I'm not going to be overly disappointed unless the performance is very, very bad. Because as I said, I wanted seven points um, from that run of games. And I was being realistic, I think, when I when I put that marker down. And so if we got that seven points, how can I then sit here and complain? I can't. So, yeah. Um, I think Arsenal can go there and win. I think we need to see Arsenal defend well, particularly from set-piece situations, particularly from the, the the Sam Allardyce bread and butter scenarios, which we all know what they are. We've all seen his teams over the years enough to understand what kind of manager he is and how they're going to play. Um, if we defend well, I believe that we've got the quality um, in those attacking areas to, um, to create something, to cause problems. And we just need to take those opportunities when they come along. Willian and David Lewis return um, to fitness after illness. Still no Gabriel. Um, Saka's available as well after taking that knock against Brighton. I just, I, I don't want to see Willian come back into the side. I'm not so bothered if Luis does, and I don't know why. Um, you know, um, 
I, I, you know, if Louise comes back in, I don't think he should. I, I think that you should stick with what's working at the moment. But if he did, it wouldn't be the end of the world for me. But I don't want to see William back in that side. I think that Saka, Smith, Rowe, Martinelli have just brought a completely different dynamism and excitement to that Arsenal forward line. Uh, and I don't necessarily want to see, um, you know, want to see him come back, uh, William come back into the side. I, I'd also want to see Lacazette up front. I think he's in fine form. And and what's Mikel going to do? Is he going to try and find a way to shoehorn Aubameyang into the side? I fear he probably will uh, because that's what he tends to do. So um, let's see. Let's see what's going to happen there. Let's pick up a couple more comments before we go. Uh, Aditya says 2-0 Arsenal will win. Uh, Joe says, would love to see a Kevin Campbell, Harry collab. I, I'm sure it'll be... We'll do one soon. Um, Kevin's been on the show a few times. And it's always been great. And I can understand why people want to see him on here. So um, I will do my best. I promise. Uh, so over to you, Kevin. I'm doing my best. Um, Mikhail says, hi, Harry. Do you think there's a chance for us to get Van der Beek from Man United? He would be perfect for our midfield. I don't. I, I don't see Man United selling to us, um, to be honest. I have been surprised by the lack of opportunities that Donny Van der Beek has been given at United. But I do think it's more a system thing than, than him as an individual not not being up to the right level. I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is very much set now on the McTominay-Fred pivot um, or, or Matic in that pivot, What two of those three, because he wants to give that licence to, to Rashford, to Martial, to Bruno Fernandes, to Pogba, to you know whoever it may be in those attacking positions, to have that freedom and go forward and cause problems. And that's what Man United are good at. That's why Man United have been so strong. Uh, so far this season because they do have that attacking talent and what Oli's done is he's tried to build a basis a foundation on which those players can go out and play rather than trying to overcomplicate the whole thing and so I don't think Van der Beek is 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 not in the Man United side because he's not good enough I think it's because of a, a system issue and it's very much because that's the way Oli wants to play is he better than Bruno Fernandes I don't think you can drop Bruno Fernandes at the moment is he going to have more impact than Rashford probably not Pogba you could maybe debate at times but Pogba's been okay I think lately as well so um yeah it's a tough one but no in answer to your question I, I don't see Manchester United uh even considering sending uh Donny van der Beek over to the Emirates Stadium just can't see it Right, uh, that brings us to the end of this live edition of the podcast. A massive thank you to every single one of you for tuning in. Before you go, don't forget to hit the like button. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. Help us on the road to 11K uh, subscribers on YouTube alone. Once we hit that, we'll have hit 20,000 across the multiple platforms. So that would be incredible. So thank you so much uh, for your continued support. Uh, we'll be back tonight um, after the Arsenal West Bromwich Albion game will be coming to you with a live show um, between 10 and 10.30 p.m. Stay tuned to our Twitter feed at Chronicles underscore AFC for information on that. Come and join me for that as we dissect the game. Uh, if you're watching the game between uh, Brighton and Wolverhampton Wanderers at half five here in the UK, you can tune into VSIN. Um, I'll be on live commentary across North America, but you can also access it online from here in the UK as well. So I'll be tweeting out the link closer to the time. So stay tuned for that as well. And I look forward to some of you joining me for that as well. Right. Until then, take care and uh, stay safe. Cheers. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler and you're listening to Harry Simeon.